0: John Malone, as the new owner of Formula One, what sort of changes can we expect to see Liberty Media making to the sport? Well, there is some stuff that'll change. We'll try and improve our penetration of the sport globally, of course. But then there's a great deal about Formula One at the moment that we like, and we want to keep the same. Such as... Well, mainly the way that most of the teams struggle to survive and the managers, that's me and Mr. Ecclestone here, will continue to get very, very rich. Isn't that right, Bernie? Oh yes, that's right. <laughs>
1: Hello, and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, drifting from your left ear to your right ear, and in one of your ears, the return of Alex Goy. Hey, Alex. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Nice to have you back again.
2: Lovely to be here. Zog
1: is still lost in space, as far as we know. He's somewhere in Earth orbit,
2: we think. So you've gone for the doppelganger again? It's easier that way. You don't have to use any different pictures.
1: <laughs> and Richard Porter. Hey, Richard. Hello. Have you driven anything interesting recently, Richard?
3: Yes. Well, I was banging on the last show about going to the Belgian Grand Prix and because we were guests of Mercedes they let us drive from Brussels where we got the train to down to Spa and then back again in some AMG Mercedes mm. um, Mercedes so Mercedes yeah. which does sound a bit like a lot of those cars because they're all AMGs they've all got those V8s and the one that I drove which I really liked and I haven't driven before is the latest C63. With that four-liter V8 in it. Now something interesting. The coupe. Yes, the the coupe. coupe. Yeah. I rode in, but didn't drive the GTS because I drove that in the UK a few weeks ago, and it's an impressive car, but I didn't love it. It's hard to drive quickly on British roads, like British sort of A and B roads, because it's it's very wide. It's very, very, very big. Very wide.
2: Sounds awesome
3: well they all sound awesome but here's my thing i was in the passenger seat of the gt and it does it sounds fruity and muscular and all of those things that the amgs usually do but actually the c63 i think sounds better it's got more bass and it has a low revs sort of oiliness to it it's a Mm. dirty sound and just before we gave the car back we went into the center of brussels on our way to the train station and we went through some underpasses and my colleague who's in the passenger seat went um, rude not to and just pushed the make exhaust louder button ah. which I'd switched off because we have been on the motorway and you don't need it there As And the,
2: then, uh, the, the ass hat button
3: yeah so he pushed that <laughs> button and I just dropped up the windows and then eased it back a little bit bink, bink on the paddle shift down into second and then (laughs) and it it made a tremendous noise and then there were some people from our group in a GT behind us and they got out of their car going oh, your car sounded naughty in that (laughs) tunnel. but it's a very lovely car to drive and I'll tell you one of the things that was most impressive about it is that I think the chassis is tremendous because it rides very nicely always the mark of a properly sorted car in my view but you can chuck it around it's got some skills it's got a bit of sophistication to it it's not just a hot rod with a massively powerful, noisy engine in it. And I really, really liked it. So much so that I sort of found myself going, now, hmm, I wonder, there's an estate version maybe that I could, <laughs> you know, child-friendly, dog-friendly... No, no, can't, can't, can't. Don't be silly, don't be silly. It's just a phone call away, Richard. Well, it's a phone call and an enormous amount of money away, that's the well, thing. Well,
2: this but... is true. You could borrow one for a while.
3: Yeah, I suppose I could. I did cross my mind that I'd like to try it in the UK because... It certainly felt good in the testing environments of Belgium, but uh, what's it like on a British road? I don't know. Maybe I should. I'll ask them nicely. The thing mm. is, I think I've used up all of my favours with Mercedes on account of them taking me to the Belgian Grand Prix, as I droned on about in the last show. To answer your question, yes, I drove that. It was interesting. And then a few months ago, I drove the GT, which I didn't totally fall in love with. It's very pretty car. Though, very I, saw, pretty I
2: saw, car. saw two on the way here, driving through London. I saw really? a red one and a bright yellow one. And each of them was like, oh, that's very pretty. I
1: saw a yellow one driving in a convoy with two Lamborghinis, a pair of Rolls Royces and two Audi R8s going up the high street here. Just the other day, these glorious cars all in convoy were stopping you the traffic? actually in some kind of
2: magical happy place i think were
1: you, were you tripping balls i think i must have been it was like opening up the middle pages of car magazine and reading oh mega test you know yeah. it was insane beautiful mm-hmm. very rare to see those things in the wild together not driven by journalists Driven by very wealthy-looking people, I would say. That was the one thing that united all these people. You do
2: have to be a wealthy person to run them, Mm. because they are quite expensive.
1: Mm. I'm quite taken with the GT now. I never used to be. When it first came out, because I had such a soft spot for the car that it replaced, that I wasn't ready. It was like when Tara King took over from Dinah Rigg, and you you guys don't remember that. I I
2: remember Dinah Rigg very well. Mm.
1: When Tara King took over... I was heartbroken. She's not Diana Rigg. But I learned to love Tara King. And indeed, in time, loved Tara King more than Diana Rigg. And its back end looks like a 928. It does. As if it's trying to escape out of a shell. Mm. But yeah, pretty car. Yeah,
3: very pretty Pretty car. Very low nose. Very low, wide Mm. nose. When you look Mm. in your mirrors and one's following you it does look like it's sort of snouting down the road, like it's sucking the tarmac. It looks like, especially
2: the R one they're bringing out, it looks Mm -hmm. a lot like the old SLR race cars from way back when. Yeah, A A bottom feeder.
3: But then when they announced that R was just after I'd driven the GTS Mm. and I looked at it and went, they've made it wider. (laughs) That's the last thing it is. (laughs) I mean, if they'd really gone, this is the hardcore ultra version and also we've spliced it down the middle and taken six inches out of it because that would make it extraordinarily more usable on a normal road
2: yeah
1: good job they didn't make it longer than some Mercedes cars can be that Maybach coupe
2: what's it called oh, it's... the thing they put at Pebble Beach context, yeah. 57 yeah. metres
1: long I believe yeah. it is <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's one of the biggest things in the world like twinned with the new mini Clubman
1: it's hard to is... make a car that big that isn't dramatic
2: it does look exceptionally Phallic.
3: true it, not uh, like it's, my it's, penis it doesn't doesn't really like you, my penis you might need to see a doctor it's,
2: especially in that red <laughs> has
3: it got doors on it how much <laughs> is this happening
2: I, how uh, is that not normal
1: <laughs>
2: what's normal do you have a favorite mercedes i have a soft spot for the gt yeah because pretty i was never normally a mercedes person but i really want to go in an sls yes. I really
3: wanted to go in one. Oh, and I had one lined funny up. funny, actually, because the SLS it. was not a perfect car, but in a weird way, I think I probably liked it more than the GT. Is that because it has doors that go up? Well, because yeah, doors but those that are go up make everything better. I Correct. don't know. The SLS attracted so much attention because of the doors and just because of the general SLSness of it, mm. and particularly children flocked to it so much so that my wife started calling it the Peder car. Because <laughs> she thought it was like it lured children in like puppies and sweets.
2: Ooh, that's not ideal, unless... So mm. every time I see an mm. SLS now, I'm going to be like... I know, so then, because it's two seats and you then you've got
3: two seats sit? and there's a shelf behind the seat. Perfect for storing a child. That's what, No, because my wife was going, is that where you keep your sweets and puppies? Is that where just, <laughs> like, stop the saying ish- this, it's really distasteful. She was like, this car is a weird on people.
1: The SLS
2: without the gull-wing doors, the Roadster, doesn't lose any of the drop. I think it does. I'm not a big convertible fan, so I think a car without a roof, can look a bit weird.
3: I know what you mean.
2: The F-Type, for example. Convertible looks good. Coupe looks better. Correct. I would agree with that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A coupe, well, there's only one thing better looking than a coupe, and that's a shooting brake.
0: Of course, (laughs) yes.
3: I was trying to think of an example of where a convertible demonstrably looks better than the coupe, and all I can think of is a Triumph TR7. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But there must be other examples. I just can't.
2: Zonda, mm, maybe? But no, because you can get that weird like back scoop.
3: Thing. here's one bang up to date have Go you on. seen the LaFerrari Spider yeah. yeah molto pretty car it is pretty mm. the
1: other one looked like a shoe didn't
2: it the LaFerrari I, yeah, I, well, I, I
3: very much enjoy the look of the La, LaFerrari I, I, I can't never work out whether you're supposed to say the LaFerrari because that is actually the the Ferrari the,
2: the, the, the Ferrari and if you got a starter you'd just be there for hours <laughs> 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 well, I, that's well, what it
3: sounds like as it starts
1: how about if you were the guitarist in the band called the the you could actually refer to the 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 guitarist so yeah you can say the la ferrari what yeah. if
3: the
2: guitarist from the the got the la ferrari
1: ah, the guitarist from the the
2: got the the, 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 the
1: the ferrari the the, the 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 guitarist drove the la ferrari oh yeah yeah do yeah,
3: you say know that. whose car that is that's the 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 the's the <laughs> Never mind. Um, sorry, it's starting to sound like an advert for Mercedes, but because I, I went on a Mercedes junket last month. I drove an S-Class Cabriolet. Big. Now, that's a lovely boaty car. Mm. It is. We, we were driving along it with the roof down on a beautiful day. And, and also, they'd given us Mercedes baseball caps. Oh, no. And we were like, oh, it's a bit blowy, isn't it? So, and it's a bit sunny. And so me and my mate Greg, was in the car with me, we both put our caps on and we went... Oh, oh, no. Gods, we look like we're in an owner's club or something. I
1: suppose yeah. the S Cabriolet doesn't have the. What do they call it? The
2: air pump? The yeah, air scarf. Air yeah, yeah, it does. It does.
3: Yeah, you don't a, use it on a hot day, you just cook your neck. It'll be it starts to sizzle.
2: Can they build that anymore? Because wasn't there like an issue with the patent behind the air scarf? It's been and disabled
1: in America, I believe. American cars have it disabled. The or American something.
2: government doesn't like fun. True. In an F Type SVR, you can't activate VMAX mode unless you're moving, and you have to be moving at some speed. So in the the British ones, you press VMAX, and the wind goes down from stationary, and you can just bolt it in a straight line. On the American one, you have to be moving about 20, 30 miles an hour, and then you can try your your top speed. That's a good question. Because legislation
3: <laughs> american car legislation is occasionally quite mad you know that seatbelt anchorage points and the euro regulation is a, a short sharp shock which replicates what would happen in an accident yeah. and, the, and the mounting has to be strong enough to withstand it the u.s version of that is a sustained load for i think it's nine seconds or something like that and well, i was talking to a car engineer and he went no accident does that to a car oh well yes. apart
1: from if you drove off a hill and your entire car
2: was suspended
1: by the, yes. the seatbelt
2: <laughs> And you are so colossally fat that the seatbelt presses through you for a whole nine (laughs) seconds. I can see how that would work. And there's
3: also that weird thing that airbags, you know, the mandatory size of an airbag in the US is much bigger. Or rather it has to be because the airbag has to be capable of protecting as much as possible an unbelted occupant, even though wearing a seatbelt is now mandatory across the whole of the US. Because rednecks are Well, that's the thing. So basically what they're saying is we're going to mandate you to have to do something to protect people who are breaking the law. Which is a bit weird. I mean, you can go down a mm. whole wormhole of mm. the morality of that. But yeah, it's a bit odd. It
2: is a bit weird, isn't it?
1: America? Weird? Who'd have thought?
4: Hello, boy. I want to purchase a new truck. Certainly, sir. Wait, aren't you George Techie at a Star Trek? No, I just sound a little like him. Anyway... Well, like I said, I'm looking for a new truck. Yes, sir. I'm sure we can help you find the vehicle you need. How about the Columbia State Ranger? I want it to be big. No problem, sir. In that case, you need the Columbia Auto State Crusher. It's got to be strong. It certainly is that, sir. It has a load capacity of two tons. Good. Wait, is that two tons metric or two tons American? Two tons American, sir. That's better. Oh, I'm gonna need somewhere to store my shotgun. The gridiron model comes with a built-in gun rack in the dashboard, sir. Good, I'll take it. Wait, just one more thing. How big is the V8 in this truck? Is it 300 cubic inches or 500 cubic inches? Neither, sir. In the interests of lowering emissions and providing the customer with economical running costs, our latest model is dispensed with the V8, and we now fit a V6 turbo. What no V8? What do you think I am? A communist? Scotty, want to beam up? Think petrol, we gotta speed.
1: Filling in for the mighty Zog, who is otherwise engaged once again for this recording, Alex Goy. Alex, if you were Zog, I'd have to say, Zog, as how's as your Porsche 944 going? But as it, it's you, you've got a lovely little Morgan, haven't you? My
2: uh, lovely Morgan three-wheeler. I went to Cambridge, and what I usually do when I go to Cambridge, because my Lotus lives in one place, and the Morgan lives in the other because yep. I don't have millions of parking spaces because London is obscenely ridiculous. So one lives up with my mum because she's got a garage, and it's always nice to go and see her and the cat. And Good excuse. Okay, she so got it
3: because I was going to say you sound like you're suffering, or you could potentially suffer from what my colleague James May calls car scatter. Yeah, which no. is that once you own more than one car, <laughs> particularly in our business as well, then maybe you borrow cars sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly you find that you've got the keys to three different cars that are in three different places, yeah. and none of them are the place that you're in. Oh, they're all in the wrong place, and it's like the fox and the grain and the chicken. You're sort of trying to figure out how to.
2: What I end up spending a vast problems. majority of my time doing is car Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to, I had to play it the other day, getting down here. So what you do is you drive to Cambridge in one car, and then. You go and play in the other one. But then, in order to do what I need to do, I need to get the practical car, which is our crew car. It's a lovely BMW X5. It's like driving a big armchair. But I had to then put one car away, get in another one, drive from Cambridge to London in that one, and then try and remember which bit of our car park I've parked the X5 in. <laughs> then park up the laters, dump all the stuff from one car to the other, then drive here, and then tomorrow, after I have do my thing, I've got to fill the X5 with stuff, take that home, then put it back in the work car park, remembering to bring the keys for both it and the Elise, otherwise I won't be able to get home, then go into the office, and, oh, it's just, it's faff. How often do you get to drive your Morgan? Normally, when I go up to Cambridge, I swap them out. Yeah. But this time, it's developed a new rattle, and I don't have time to actually diagnose it and fix it properly. Because, weirdly, hand-built British sports cars, turns out they're not all that reliable (laughs) what
3: (laughs) What What is there what is there in a Morgan three-wheeler to rattle literally everything and how can you (laughs) hear it um, well, because this, this
2: particular, because like you, you sit right next to the exhaust and it's a joyous thing to drive. It makes people happy. You know, you mm. drive it through town, you drive it through the middle of nowhere and people start waving at you and smiling and it's all very exciting and you give it a little bit of a boot and it gets all twitchy and the steering is big and vague and rubbish, but you kind of get the experience like, I'm back in the 1930s and this is fantastic. And what ends up happening is a rattle, so from the exhaust, you get that and you hear the exhaust and the blah babble, 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 and all that nonsense but what's happened is something in my boot or something on the seal of the boot of the car because it does have a boot which is very secure you undo it by two little straps with no lock on them so don't leave (laughs) anything in there apart from your hammer and your tyre goo because when you buy one you get a hammer and a big spanner for the wheel nuts at the front oh right and then tyre goo but you can't use the tyre goo on the ones on the front because they're inner tubed so you can only use that on the one oh yeah so they advised me when I bought it to stock up on inner tubes, and if I lose a tyre, give the AA man the spanner and the hammer and say, it's got an inner tube, have you got a pump, mister? Nice. It's- Get the can bucket you- of water
3: and start yeah, putting the you- tube through.
2: Can you jack up a three-wheeler? I don't want to find out. How would you do? Well, I did say to them what happens if the rear tyre goes. No. And what you can do is you lift up the boot, and then I think using some kind of witchcraft, you remove the boot floor mm. which then leads directly to the wheel uh-huh. and then you can find the yeah. valve and then put the goo in it and then you take it to a dealer who will then do it properly
1: mm. i'm reminded of the old peel what was it called the p50 Peel yeah. P50. Yeah, yeah we did this on how to which was how do you change the tire on a peel this is like i go to a lego shop and they supply you with a handkerchief when you buy the car it used to come with a handkerchief and uh, the car is so small and so light that when it comes to change one of the front wheels you put the handkerchief on your knee you lift the car up (laughs) and you sit it on your knee no. When you do the wheel change, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, it, it, it,
3: I've it. lifted up a p 50 and although it is light.
1: I should say tip up
3: rather than lift it's up. It's light for a car. For a car? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still, still. a car? Yeah. It's still quite heavy. Like, oh, that's quite light for a cathedral.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to.
3: I wouldn't want to rest it on my no. leg. Handkerchief or no. No. I saw a man do it. It's probably
1: on YouTube somewhere. Wow. I'll dig it out. it's the Jeff capes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you've driven your mog. Driven the mog. Go on, tell us the most dramatic thing that you Driven right. Rolls recently, haven't you? So
2: yeah, you, you've got a choice of five. So you can have a Focus RS. Which oh, good start. I've Driven millions of times. A Porsche Cayman GT4. Oh. God. An Aston Martin V12 Vantage S oh. with a manual gearbox. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um. A Mini John Cooper Works Challenge, which everyone turns their nose up at, but it's actually quite good. Of course it is. Or a Rolls Royce Dawn. Then <laughs>
3: your choices. Then use your choices. I would like to start with the Aston Martin. Okay. Because the old V12 Vantage, when it had the manual box first time around, yeah, is one of my all-time favorites. I well, on that car. It? Yeah. It's such a, a, a visceral. Thing it's it was i I had a very quick
2: going one many many years ago and it was so good so what they did was they stopped making that v12 vantage and made the v12 vantage S. so they gave it one of the many v12s they have that's not quite the one you get in the vanquish and you get something like 570 ish horsepower if memory serves and they gave it something called their sport shift gearbox and in my office that lost a letter because it was just Dreadful. Didn't it was we? a brilliant, brilliant car, but it was a robotised manual, mm-hmm. which you Single can still clutch, buy. Single yeah. clutch. Mm-hmm. So when you're driving it through town, you have your foot just resting on the go pedal, you're doing 30 miles an hour, it decides it wants to change gear. And unless you predict it and lift off, for a moment it feels like the car's driving through a big puddle of glue because it just goes. Yeah and then you start driving it on the paddles and then you realize you've got to lift off and once it warms itself up it gets better and when you're really on it it is quite good mm-hmm. but the saving grace of the car was the fact that it sounded incredible it handled brilliantly and it was a noisy v12 aston martin i have a weakness for
1: british stuff so it's difficult to make a car that is usable at low speed and at high speed jaguar do that well don't they they have a nice car with yeah, split so personality I think these actually
3: it's quite absent, it's not easy but it's certainly doable it's you yeah. know that they're, yeah. they're, they're talking about the c63 for example that's the mm-hmm. one of the things i like about about it is that how civilised and normal it was at low speed. It didn't and feel like it was trying to escape from its own skin. Mm. And yet when you booted it, it was a bit of an animal. And, yeah, Jag do it very well. Mm. Uh, but then so did BMW yeah. and, mm. and, and... Audi and, 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 yeah, yeah, and it, but it's just But not Aston, Aston Martin. Well, the
2: thing is, it worked. People liked it because it was a very fast thing and it made a lovely noise. But because the vantage is on its way out they thought, well, let's see what we can do. So what they did was they essentially removed the robot from the seven-speed sport shit and just gave you a seven-speed dogleg gearbox, which right. is a fantastic yep. idea in theory.
3: Yep. And the dogleg bit appeals. Yeah, to me. Yeah,
2: the dogleg. So you go first <laughs> and then up to second. And then, because there's lots of ratios in a very small hole, you go first, up to second, and then down to fifth.
3: Oh really? and you
2: go oh god so <laughs> then you go back up to fourth and you go oh no wait I want to be in third so then you go down to third Nero and Boxer. then somehow you end up in first oh. and it, it takes a while to get used to it yeah. but it's because but there's, you,
3: get, you can get used to it you do
2: get used to it because I've been lucky enough to drive it a few times mm. and so the first time I was just a mess I was on a motorway and trying to fiddle with things and country lanes trying to you know get the right gear to go past a camera and make lots of noise and what would happen was I'd inevitably go from fourth to seventh or some nonsense like that and just cock it up completely but i had it around the racetrack the other week and you do get used to it it's not the best it's not like the porsche seven speed which is quite slick and quite smooth again it's not like oh oh my lord this is the best thing ever but it's a better gearbox than the one it replaced and it turns the v12 vantage s from a really good car into a truly great one Uh and if the gearbox was just a little bit better just a little bit wider it would be the best thing ever.
3: Oh, like, to... I find myself every so often when i was just having one of those days where you're binging around the internet looking at cars for sale, yeah. I'd go and have a look at Vita Vantages, the original ones. Mm. With, mm. The six speed, with the six-speed. With the six-speed. And the
2: one that comes with a letter saying, if it's raining, don't drive it because it will kill you.
3: <laughs> Did it? Because mm. <laughs> funnily enough, I took a friend out for a little spin hang in that a, car.
2: Hang on, let's just, legally, let's just,
1: it doesn't actually say it will kill you. No, it just, does, it yeah, does it not doesn't say it will say kill that. Kill Just thank you for the legal department. Why, yeah.
3: they didn't, the, the, uh, on your release, is there a little sticker on the hood that says, this is going to leak? No,
2: no, the hood doesn't leak, but when it rains heavily and I open the driver's door, even if it's like three or four days, I have to remember to take a step back because it just goes,
3: oh, and wheeze <laughs> all over the floor in some awful, yeah, it's, it's hideous. So I, mm. I didn't know that about the don't drive it in the wet thing. No one told me that. And yeah, I remember I took a mate out. We were in Wales and both staying with a load of friends. And one of my friends is really into cars and he went, yeah. oh, I like that car. And I was like, let's go out for a little run in it so I went out and it started raining and it, and it was
2: quite frisky My yeah. mate <laughs> <It> was
3: quite <laughs> himself
2: yeah I think it's that the tyres they used on it that just went no, let, yeah, let, let, let's bit... make it really fast yeah. in the dry only yeah. by the way we're based in the Midlands
3: yes and it's like
2: <laughs> I guess yes. known for its suns and roads.
3: but god what a car and what mm. I've noticed is weirdly they seem to hold their value more than a lot of other Astons because it's they... a
2: V12 manual Aston Martin
3: yeah but that's the thing even then you'd think that sort of horrible things would happen to it but no they're, sort of, they're still quite stiff money and i always think i want them to be 12 grand so i can have one and Mm. it's not happening no it's never going to damn it do
1: you like that
2: car better than the focus rs i love the focus rs so much i really really do it's like i have a thing of like there is no such thing as a perfect car because it's got to look amazing do 0 to 60 in less than five seconds it's got to get 100 mpg and it's got to fit a flat pack wardrobe for my kit and it definitely won't get 100 mpg but it does look good and you can put flat pack things in it and it's really fast mm. and it's really fun.
1: Takes almost all those boxes. That'll do. All, and my mum
2: can drift it. Sort, like. of, <laughs> sort of. Kind of half-hearted. That's when you put it in drift mode. You put it in drift mode and scare the crap out of her but it's such a wonderful car because you can do so much with it you can't get hold of the love nor money at the moment it's going to go down as one of the greats I think
1: didn't the Australians
2: ban drift mode in They didn't, is that right they didn't no, ban no, it but they had a, a good old go and really? so when the Mustang went to Australia it's got a line lock mode mm-hmm. where you can make it do big smoky burnouts and it's hilarious and the Australian government went no that's too wrong, because they call the fast cars and people that drive quickly hoons. Hoons, yes, yes. So that's too much like a hoon car. And so when the Focus RS went over, they had the launch, and there was this bloke whose first name I can't remember his surname's a Cadogan, and he was part of a news report on Melbourne Channel Seven and they started this piece with a serious newsreader going, Ford is releasing its new hone machine, the Focus RS. And in the little screen over his right shoulder was footage of my mum really? going sideways. Uh, fantastic. Because <laughs> someone a friend of mine A from known years who know. Ago, yeah, well that's the thing, she's sixty six and was shitting <laughs> herself. And I was like so my mate posted this up and I haven't spoken to him in years and I went, Is that legit? Because that's actually my mum and he went no, so we sent it to the Velociraptor lawyers and they went, well, there's not much we can do about it. And then someone else, a few days later, sent me a video of an angry man. The YouTube still was this angry, shaven-headed man with drift mode kills or something like that. And it was a 20-minute long video. He starts it off with something like, Forge release a new Focus RS, it's got drift mode, those irresponsible f- t- ass clowns how dare they do this they're gonna kill people and then they used our footage again about how anyone can do it and he's quite rude about my mother which did not go down dangerous but he uses and said you know they did it sensibly they used a track and blah 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 blah. but imagine if there was a stroller there it's like if you're walking your child around a racetrack Probably good to remove it from the gene pool. Just, just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they no. missed the
1: point, haven't they? They missed they the would, point. What, what, you think Australians would understand fun? Yeah. They missed
0: it somehow. Hello, I am the Chief Superintendent for Para Perth, Western Australia. I'm here today speak to you about driving standards and what we call hooning that is the act of using a car a vehicle designed for transport for fun there have already been a number of incidents recently where young australian driver has been seen driving his car in an entertaining way arriving at corners at way too high a speed and then leaving that same corner with the rear wheels of the car literally dancing on the road surface. And once more he's doing this close to a crowd of people and on a piece of road where there are a number of other cars being driven in a similar hooning sort of fashion. The likelihood of there being an accident is of course very high. However, such is the speed that this car has been driven at that so far we have not yet been able to apprehend the suspect in question. And so, we ask you, the kind people of Australia, to aid us in our attempts to stop this menace. The car he's driving is described to be largely coloured blue, with the words bull and red written down the side. And the driver is said to be easily identifiable by his large, gregarious, friendly smile and his propensity to encourage other Australian drivers to drink champagne out of a racing boot. Oh, boy. Bu- Gareth
3: Jones on speed.
1: As you know, over the summer, I tend to drive things which are useful for camping in. It's my opportunity to drive bigger things because we go out camping. But before I did that, I drove a Seat Lyon Cupra... 280, what do we call mm, it? Those are good. You know it holds a record around the Nürburgring, Alexis. Mm,
2: yes, it holds, it was uh, the Sub-8, it was the quickest hot hatch for a while, but it was a bit hooky, the one they did, because it didn't have aircon in it, and it had special tyres that you couldn't get at the time, and then they did a special Sub-8 pack to legitimise it. Oh. And then did the Civic Type R, take the record back, and now mm. something else has golf, done it. Is it, it, it the the Golf, new golf, golf club, club Sport, sport GT-IS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. yeah. Mega German, we've on the record, so we will have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a fantastic motor, though. It was sparkling, although I was
1: astonished when I did a straw poll on Twitter. I published a picture of it parked outside my house here, parked alongside a Golf GTI, the latest Mark hmm. 7. Is it Golf? We are 7. Yeah. And straw poll, guys, which is the cooler car, which you like better. And it was, I'd say, 80% for the Golf which was astonishing, that people weren't interested in the Seat, maybe because it had bright orange wheel rims. It was the orange and black trim right. pack, which you can that get may, on this That car. may be
2: quite indicative in, say, Seat versus Volkswagen sales yeah, yeah. records mm. as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 I can see why. For me... I'm always happy to give
1: the underdog a chance. You know, I like the idea that Seat are doing their own thing to a degree. Mm. You've got to ask what Seat for. You know, we've asked that question on the programme mm. before. And it was a profoundly capable car. Mm. You know, it launched itself into roundabouts, launched itself out of roundabouts, you could keep up with anything and anyone. It was effortless to live with. It had the turning of a... Oh, a scoundrel? turned it in like a scoundrel. It was remarkable. And yet, left almost no impression on me. I'm astonished. This car has perplexed me completely. Because it was remarkable. It did everything really well. But had no charisma. How is that possible? For a car that looks fascinating when you see it. You know, it's got nice creased edges. It looks like a sporting thing. It performed well. But there's something missing. What is it? What's wrong with that? Is it a Volkswagen cool. badge? Maybe that's it, yeah. Well, but yeah, yeah. basically...
3: A Golf, GTR. Yeah. a Golf GTI. It's a Golf GTI. It's a Golf
2: GTI with a wick turned up. Yeah. Or
3: the Golf R, which is a tremendous car and I think it has got some charisma to it.
2: But it's a Golf R with only front-wheel drive.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. the Golf R... Well, it's scrabbled the, a bit, yeah. 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 That's the thing, and the Golf R has it but sort of grip where you can also feel the car kind of working and moving about a little bit, which is the good sort where you're not yeah. going to sort of slide off the road, but at the same time you're not bored because you, you get a all the little bit, bit of easy. Easy. excitement and it yeah, starts squealing it's a little bit. Yeah, very good and quite a mm. subtle job they've done on that car. But also, it's incredibly easy to drive it in a brisk way. Yeah. And I, I remember driving it in the Scottish Borders on some beautiful roads with no traffic and just driving and driving and driving. It. They reached a point where I thought I'm going to have to sort of just. Calm down here, yeah. <laughs> it's such a confidence-inspiring car, and I was having such fun. Yeah, I thought I'm going to do something silly in a minute because you just get, you get a bit exuberant. You get that, so just hold kinda, my yeah, beer moment. You know, and you're a like kinda, yes, exactly. No. Check yourself before you wreck. Yourself. I, I think that's what may Check be Check yourself before you wreck Volkswagen's expensive car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That may have been what was wrong with this car. It was so capable that 90% of the time I never drove it in the sphere where it was
2: going to impress me, because you've got to be doing 120 miles per hour, you know? Is that because cars are getting too fast? Not that there is such a thing as too fast. Correct. You you get all these cars that can do a million miles an hour, and then you go, well, I'm never going to experience the limits of grip unless I'm on a racetrack and a bit of a nutter. I prefer Mm. to think of it as roads are getting too slow.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was disappointing but not you know my shoulders didn't drop over disappointment it was like oh, i wish it'd been great but it wasn't it was great but i was disappointed that it didn't leave me salivating do you know what i mean i mm. should have come back from that in the way that i came out of a uh Uh, What was the lovely um, uh, Renault Cup that they used to do? The 275. That was a tremendous thing in the same sort of way. Great performance, great handling. I loved it. I didn't love this car and I hate saying that because it was great.
2: It's weird because the Renault is a really charismatic, great, fun thing. Yeah. But the Clio underneath it, the 220 Trophy, is awful. Mm Mm-hmm. It goes around corners like nothing else, mm-hmm. but the rest of it is just wrong. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. Like Renault should know how to make a proper... Compliant. It's, it's, yeah. not- it's just a bit cack. And they're going to fix it, because they've brought out this R16 concept, yeah. mm. which is a 275 Megane yeah. in a Clio, which mm. sounds hilarious yeah. and quite twitchy. So hopefully they'll bring that out. It's a concept for now. But, ooh, that would
1: be fun. Before I tell you about the other car I've driven, the other concept that's caught my attention recently is this
2: Hyundai i30N. Have you seen it? Mm. I saw a render of it in auto car or something like that. That's
1: all there is of it at the moment. Mm. Of any car... To look like a proper WRC car at the moment, that's the one that's got the franchise. Well, that that
2: was... Very if, desirable. If, if we're talking about the same image, there was the disclaimer in the story, which is something I really hate about automated media. Our exclusive image shows what this could look like. We yeah. made
3: this up. So the doodle we pulled out of our
2: arse might look like a car yeah. a little bit. because well, There's I some spy
3: that. shots of them testing a prototype at the yeah. Nürburgring, I think. It didn't look as bloaty, no. pumped up as that drawing. If I think it looks as
1: a, like that drawing, I'm going to have two. I love it. It looks amazing. <laughs>
2: the, the piece, though, is it interesting because they go, we're going to have this two-litre turbocharged thing, whatever, and rather than having that as the utmost point, they go, no, this is our starting point. We want to take the Focus RS mm. because that is the yeah. one to be yeah, yeah, now yeah, and yeah, least. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd drive a Hyundai if it was that yeah. good.
1: There have been three Hyundai's, is that the plural of Hyundai now, that I quite like. The i30N, which I'm hoping it looks as good as the drawings. that hydrogen fuel cell car that I've driven several times now, which is mm. remarkable. It's one of the most extraordinary cars I've ever driven. And also the, what was it called, the i40 or the i30 Estate, their Mondeo-sized car. Oh, I the, the, 40, the i40, yeah. that yeah. looked great, but no one bought it.
3: No one bought it. I it gr- think it's still on sale, isn't it? I don't know. I think it is. I think they might have given it a facelift and no one's
1: noticed. Good looking, great engine, lovely handling. Was so, it? Oh, oh no, yeah. see, That's the thing
3: I was going to say, because I drove it and I thought it was a perfectly good car, but it had a terrible engine. I thought the engine was high revving. No, no,
1: this was the petrol.
3: Oh, ah, yeah. I was going to say, because the, the engine was the biggest, and in other no. way, seamlessly just sorted out kind of nice car. Yeah. That 1.7-litre Hyundai Group diesel engine is poor right. It was. I think they've made it a little bit better now, but yeah, I had the power band that was all of about sort of two hundred revs. So go. Yeah. Oh. oh, I missed it. I actually, <laughs> I just, I almost, I drove past the power band there. Oh. It,
2: there used to be an advert for it when you drove into London on the M4, just through the corridor bit, and when you raised, and I used to drive past it thinking that's a really good looking car. Mm. And then by the time I got to, uh, was it landmark cars on the roundabout? Yeah. And I
3: go, ooh, look, (laughs)
2: Dino. That's a really good-looking car.
3: I think I saw another good-looking car on a poster, and it was a... No, I can't remember what it was. (laughs) (laughs) No one's interested.
1: The other car I drove wasn't really a car. It was a van. But this is a van that's also sold as a car. Bear with me. It was the Mercedes-Benz Vito, right, which is a van... They also sell the V-Class. Now, the car which has replaced the R-Class is much more of a van-based thing.
3: Mm, no, the V-Class has replaced the Viano, which is the same thing. Viano, it? Yeah. indeed. Sorry, Viano. 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 Navara. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I always got confused because I think yeah, Viano was like the people carrier version of the Vito. Yeah. And Vito now carries on. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but it's, it's gone g- rear-wheel drive as well, hasn't it? It used to is be rear-wheel yeah. drive, yeah. It's yeah it, the it, is, again, there's
1: though. both, I think. There's a front-end and rear-wheel drive version. But this is the Vito Tourer. I had, which so is, is it the estate version of on. the
3: van. It's a, so it, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, can... it's
1: a van which occupies very much the same space as the V class.
2: But look it is at, the V class. No, no, it's a separate. It's not the V class. But
3: is it a van with windows?
2: Yeah, so it's so. It sold, the V class really confusing. Yeah. Or, it's, or is it like we have lots of very expensive things in the back of our lovely Mercedes van? Yeah. Mm. Try and steal them. It is yeah, smaller wheels, lower
1: spec, not as shiny. In other words the same vehicle as the v-class you know it's a cheaper alternative what a
3: yeah. weird thing to do
1: i know it, you know there's a website which took supercars and reimagined them as popular plus
3: versions oh i love that with did cheap steelies this?
2: was that it was a like carwell a Mac- thing uh, maybe they so like it a mclaren p1
3: but on steel wheels with like gray plastic bumpers nice yeah. beautiful and like black door mirrors <laughs> oh, really nicely done
2: was that do not, Nick. was that Jason Torczynski having fun? No, so I seem no, to remember he wasn't. did something like that.
3: Don't it recall, wasn't.
1: but this van is a sort of the Mercedes equivalent as that. Is it as if they would taken the V-Class and put on body-colored bumpers and cheaper wheels and stuff, and it looks ace because of it. In that for exactly so the what same reason. What seating
3: configuration do you get inside?
1: Uh, this was two, three, two.
3: All well, forward-facing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so because the, in the V-Class or certainly in the posh V-Classes, you know, you get that. So you of get the whole train seating. So yeah, yeah. R- yeah. Two rear-facing and th- 2 3 forward mm. facing the back. Yep. I, yeah. If I
1: wanted I could take out the second row of seats and turn them round
2: so they're facing the third row uh, of seats. Right. So the V-class is basically we need to bus very important people mm. from Heathrow to meeting and yep. they can yeah. work on the way. Yeah. The Vito Tourer thingy yes. is I'm terribly catholic, I've had lots of children, we yes. need a van. Correct. It's the mini-boss. Yes, so it, correct, it it is. Should
3: be called the Veto Catholicism.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Vatican. You know, the, the, the belief. The Vatican That's class. what they call it, V-class. <laughs> That's what the V stands for, now we know. Well done. You know, Catholicism breeds.
3: Popey, yes, we do so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, he, he used to ride around in an ML, didn't he? He did, he yes. He had an ML a with a big Bill. pod on the oh, back yeah. of yeah. TARDIS on the back yeah. of an ML, that's Ooh. true. But Catholicism insists that you have lots of children. We need more Catholics. They write it in, don't they? And so Catholics would do very well with this car. There's enough room to mm-hmm. get more Catholics than there are in Italy in this car. Right. We took extra kids on holiday this year. We took our two and a friend. Yeah. And extra tent and all that and... All the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've only said this ever once on, on Speed when I'm talking about the... Camping car of a year is this car was too big for the stuff we had. Actually, I loaded it all in mm. and I could have put exactly the same amount in again. It was huge.
2: Well, that means there's more room for things like beer.
1: Yeah, light. true, true. And more beer. hats More and beer. Hats and this straw donkeys. This car didn't have a happy tail though because it rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. Where did you go? South
2: Wales. That is where they mm. make
1: the rain. Yeah, that's yeah,
3: true. That's yeah. in the category
1: of no mm. b- Rain. <laughs> we arrived. We pitched the tent in beautiful sunshine. The sun went down. We had the heavens above. It was marvellous. We woke up the next day. It was raining. It rained for four days. Ooh. It rained so much that the track leading to the campsite where we were staying was utterly flooded. You couldn't see where the road finished and where the, the river alongside it started. And because of that, I made a small error and left what was this very narrow track, got two wheels on a soft verge, which I couldn't see because of the bad weather, that was even softer than any previous soft verge, and consequently dropped two wheels into the gully running down the side. And at very low speed, at practically walking speed, it was only a very narrow lane, with my son Tycho in the front and the rest in the back, suddenly found the car (laughs) at about 45 degrees. It's just like, what the hell happened there? I mean, you know, I like to think I'm reasonably good at driving and yeah. I've never had an accident at this sort of speed before. And I was absolutely befuddled we got everybody out. You know, no one was flustered because there yeah. hadn't been any drama whatsoever. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hang on a minute, this is weird. So, the trouble is, there was no way of getting the car out whatsoever, so I put the flashes on, I alerted the farmer, I called the RAC, and the RAC said, yeah, we're going to need two trucks, it'll cost you 600 quid for us to get this car out. Did you, of then, find,
2: did you then find the farmer and say, I've got a crate in the back, can you use your tractor? I did.
1: Yes. And... I chickened out at the last moment. We worked it out between us how we were gonna do it. And I thought, no, I can't, this is gonna trash this absolutely brand new van. No matter what we do to get it out, it's gonna damage it. Because it's sat in this position, undamaged. Absolutely it hasn't touched the walls, it touched mm-hmm. anything. It's just sat there. But I think dragging it out is gonna destroy it. So I called Mercedes and said, look, what do I do? Do I get a tractor to pull it out? oh, we'll take care of it. And they sent someone up from the local Mercedes commercial vehicles dealership. Because it was not from Mercedes-Benz cars, but from the commercial vehicles. And they turned up
2: with... A Unimog.
1: Well, they should have done. But actually, they turned up with a Chevrolet pickup with a V8 in it. And I thought, how the hell are we going to get this? out of here and he used a very clever system of a sort of a crank attached to a tree opposite and this little four-wheel drive thing and popped it out with full lock on not a mark on it apart from one slight dent by the sill on the left hand side which it hit a rock it was incredible but i have to say because of that instance i now know that is not the perfect camping vehicle for me despite no. the fact that i get twice everything i need in it because if I'd have gone in a Toyota Hilux or a Navara or an Amarok, I reckon I would have just driven out of that rut.
2: Well, the Hilux probably would have destroyed the countryside. <laughs> yes, in the process, its way underground <laughs> and then
1: appeared like the mole in Thunderbird. <laughs> Collect a oh, phenomenal car. If you're thinking of something with huge volume, I you know it's half the price of a V-Class. Go for the Vito Tourer. Are,
2: are you Catholic? Do you need lots of space for children? Perfect vehicle, right there. There it is. You've
1: been listening to Alex Goy. Bye. To Richard Porter, goodbye. And me, Gareth
2: Jones. We'll see you probably without you next time. I'm sorry, very... my doppelganger's is going to appear again and be all charming and you, stuff. You've probably you got
1: me. a residency now, haven't you?
2: Well, I like your sofa. It's comfy. <laughs>